So good to see you here this evening in our sanctuary. If you recall last year, we were not able to meet together. We had a virtual candlelight service, but today we're so glad that we are here together again in person. And for those of you who are watching online, we want to welcome you as well as being part of our congregation tonight as we celebrate the, the Lord's birth. And, and so we've been in this series for the last few weeks entitled Behind the Scenes, and we talked about some of the emotions, some of the feelings, some of the events that were happening behind the scenes in the Christmas story. And last week we talked about the power of God that was involved in the Christmas story, that sometimes we forget about the fact that God's power and His presence was working behind the scenes. And tonight we want to talk about divine interruptions. There are distinct moments, there are times when God divinely interrupts in the lives of people in order to accomplish His purposes. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 19, we read these incredible words. Matthew chapter 1, verse 19. It says, Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. The Bible describes something very interesting here about this man, Joseph. It says he was a righteous man, a good man. If you look up this word in the dictionary, you, you see uh, synonyms describing this righteousness as kind, as benevolent, as competent, skillful, virtuous, just, commendable, loyal, well-behaved. Those are all descriptions of this good man named Joseph. It was a definition of his character. And some translations in the Bible, this word righteous, that Joseph was a righteous man, this word righteous meant that Joseph was known for his uncompromising obedience to the Torah, the laws of Moses. When it's describing Joseph as a righteous man, it is saying something not only about his character, but then he was an uncompromising individual who followed the law to the letter of the law of Moses. In other words, Joseph did not eat any unclean food. In other words, he didn't eat any ham sandwiches. He didn't mix with the wrong kind of people. He didn't keep his carpentry shop open on the Sabbath. That's the kind of description. When you see the Bible saying that Joseph was a righteous man, that's the kind of description it is giving to us. It was his identity. It was Joseph's identity in the community that he was a righteous individual. And everybody in his town, in the community of Nazareth, knew about him. It was a distinguishing mark of who he was as a person. And as all male Israelites, Joseph aspired to be known as somebody who obeyed the laws of Moses, the Torah. So when the Bible says he was known as a righteous man, it meant that Joseph in his community was admired, he was looked up to, if, if you were that kind of person, it was as if people were looking up to him and saying, I want to be like Joseph. He was recognized in the community, recognized as someone special. 
Unfortunately, for Joseph, because he was a righteous man, it created a huge problem for him. Because the Bible says he was promised to marry, to, he, was, he was promised to marry, and she was going to have a baby. And whoever the father was, Joseph knew it wasn't him. And you know, anybody who grew up in a small town, you know this, that's an issue in a small town. Those of you who grew up in a small town know that small towns are like when there is something happening, newsworthy, the word, as a general rule, begins to spread very quickly in a small town. And Nazareth was a small town. So here we have Joseph, a respected, a righteous individual, an outstanding citizen, the kind of guy that you want your daughter to marry, and his pregnant fiance in a small town where everybody is talking and everybody knew everybody else's business in this town, it created an issue. I think you can see as you read the scriptures, you begin to understand what is happening here behind the scenes. What is happening is all of a sudden, this pregnancy of Joseph's fiance is threatening to seriously undermine the elevated position, the respected position that Joseph was in, in the community. So put yourself in Joseph's shoes for a moment. Begin to think like what Joseph must have been experiencing in his life. Put yourself in his place for just a moment. Your fiance is pregnant, and your whole reputation and identity revolves around this one thing. His identity was to follow the Torah, the laws of Moses. That was his commitment. And what the Torah says is that when your fiance or when there is somebody who is pregnant that you're not married to. The Torah had some very clear instructions about what to do to somebody in Mary's condition. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 21, and this is what created the dilemma in Joseph's life. The Torah says, the woman must be taken to the door of her father's home, and there the men of the town must stone her to death, for she has committed a disgraceful crime in Israel by being promiscuous while living in her parents' home. In this way, the Torah says, in this way, the law of Moses says, you will purge this evil from among you. You see the dilemma that this creates now for Joseph? The Torah is very clear, and Joseph's reputation as a righteous man was that he was to follow the law. And his fellow righteous friends would have probably told him that this is a sin. This girl that you are engaged to, you need to publicly expose her and you need to punish her. But you see in verse 19 of Matthew chapter 1, for some reason, the Bible says that, Moses, uh, that Joseph couldn't bring himself to that. So what he decided to do was he decided to break off the engagement quietly. Now when you look at this verse, a literal translation 
of this verse could read, And Joseph, although a righteous man, and not willing to make her a public example. In other words, in spite of the fact that he was righteous. See, understand, he is a righteous man. In spite of the fact that he was righteous, a righteous individual following the law, he didn't, he didn't want to cause a scandal with Mary. A different approach was needed. Under, see, under the old system, the Torah, a righteous man demanded that Mary needed to be exposed. She needed to be made a public spectacle. Under the old system, under the old law, the Torah, a righteous man would not hesitate. The standard had to be kept. The standard was high. It had to be maintained. And this is why Joseph hesitated. He could not bring himself to the place where he publicly exposed Mary as a righteous man. There was a struggle that he was dealing with. There was a struggle internally. And it doesn't take much to the imagination behind the scenes to know that Joseph must have agonized over the situation day in and day out. Again, put yourself in his place. You are engaged, and your fiancé comes to you, and she says to you, I have some bad news, and I have some good news. The bad news is, I'm pregnant. Even though we are not married yet, I'm pregnant. The good news is, I haven't been with anyone else. Because you see, an angel of the Lord came to me in Luke chapter 1, verse 30 and 31, and said, Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. So Joseph, I'm going to have a miracle baby, and all generations after me will be blessed. Such a thing has never happened before, Joseph, and it's going to happen as the angel has said. Now imagine how she must have protested it, or the, the debate, the, maybe even the argument that was happening between Mary and Joseph about her inno innocence. And can you imagine Joseph's struggle? He was a righteous man. There was the law that he needed to follow, and yet she seemed so sincere and the angel had said it was going to be a virgin birth. And he's thinking to himself, there is no possible way. And although the Bible says, although he decides to break the engagement quietly, in spite of the fact that he was a righteous man, under these circumstances, there's got to be a different way. I'm going to break off the engagement and I'm going to do it quietly. And in that day, it was an act of divorce. So in this way, if he could break off this engagement, he would minimize her suffering and maintain his status within the community as a righteous man. And then there is verse 20, where God divinely interrupts. It says these words in verse 20. 
So as he's considering this, as he's considering about maintaining his right standing within the community and putting Mary off, as he considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Now, why would, why would Joseph be so afraid? Why would he be so afraid to marry Mary? Why would he be so afraid? Because in, in him, there were, as a righteous person, he was afraid that he would be offending God and violating the law of the Lord, the Torah. Joseph was afraid that he was going to lose his reputation as a righteous man. What is everybody in this community, this small town, what are they going to think about? In the town of Nazareth, what are they going to think about him? No way would people in this town believe that an angel came and pronounced that the Holy Spirit caused the conception of a child and that this child was going to be born in a virgin teenage girl. His friends, his friends in this community would never accept this account. He would no longer be invited into their homes. He would no longer be a part of their engagements. He would no longer be a part and included in their activities. They would no longer bring business into his carpentry shop. And he would no longer, in the town of Nazareth, he would no longer be recognized as a person who respected the Torah. If he committed himself to this baby Jesus, it was going to come at a tremendous and enormous sacrifice. His whole reputation as a righteous person, his good name in the community would be trashed. But there's another question when you look at this verse that comes to mind. Why would God, why would God wait so long while Joseph was in turmoil, in angst? He was struggling with and contemplating with all these issues. The, the fact that he was a righteous person, the fact that he was to follow the Torah, the law of Moses, and yet what is he supposed to do with this girl that he was engaged to? What was he supposed to do? Why would God wait so long and allow him to go through all of this contemplation, all these issues? Why didn't God send the angel of the Lord earlier and explain everything in advance so he wouldn't have to deal with all of this anxiety? And maybe you have felt that sometimes in your life. During times when you were perhaps confused or disorientated, Uncertain about which direction to go and what decision to make, what, what thing that needed to be resolved, how this was going to be resolved. And maybe you thought, maybe there was something within you that you did something wrong and that God was somehow avoiding you and no longer answering your prayers or no longer revealing your, himself to you. Sometimes maybe we experience the same anxieties and the same issues that Joseph must have been dealing with. 
And maybe, just maybe, God's number one goal in the life of Joseph, maybe God's purpose in your life and in my life, is not to remove the anxiety from our life, but maybe it's for us to go through experiences where we feel anxious because it's a teaching moment for us. Or maybe it's a learning time or a learning season that we need to go through. You see, for Joseph, it meant coming to a new understanding of what righteousness really meant. The tension between what a righteous man ought to do by keeping the rules versus showing compassion, a new kind of righteousness. Maybe for us in the 21st century, it means waiting on God more patiently, trusting God more fervently, that God is somehow going to orchestrate something in my life, even in a season of great anxiety and Maybe I'm going through a time of not being very patient, but yet God is somehow behind the scenes orchestrating something in my life that I personally can't conceive of at this present moment. It goes on to say in Matthew chapter, 24, uh, chapter 1, verse 24 and verse 25, that when this dream, after this dream that Joseph had, he woke up, He did, the Bible says, as the angel of the Lord commanded, and he took Mary as his wife, and Joseph named him Jesus. So when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel commanded and took Mary as his wife. Joseph does what the angel commands. He took Mary as his wife. That was a legal step Number one, publicly, publicly claiming that Mary was now his wife. And the second legal step that Joseph did, he names the baby. Publicly adopting this child that Mary is carrying, and he names him Jesus and claims him as his own son. Now, that decision... That decision that Joseph makes is outlined in these verses. And it is something that is absolutely incredible. Because here's what it means, friends. It means that his days as a righteous man are over. The days of being a recognized good man are over. His reputation is... When he makes that decision to marry this young teenage girl and to name her son Jesus, it meant that his reputation was now over. Let me show you what I'm talking about. If you look at Mark chapter 6, verse 3, in Mark chapter 6, verse 3, the Bible says something very profound because decades later, His reputation has not recovered. Notice what the Bible says. They scoffed. He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. And his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him, meaning Jesus. You know what this verse is describing? 
This verse is describing something of the culture of Israel. Because in Israel, it was always referred to, the son was always referred to as the son of the father. In other words, it should be Jesus bar Joseph. That was the recognition. But notice what the Bible says here. The Bible says it refers to Jesus, the son of Mary. He's not named after Joseph. He's named after his mother. This is an absolute slight and disregard of Joseph as a human being. It's a harsh and terrible renunciating of his status within the community. We, we, see, we see something like this very familiar in our day and age. It's a very crude expression in the English language. When somebody refers to somebody else as the son of a, an insulting word for the mother. That's what's being described here. Joseph, Joseph's reputation, his decision that he made to marry this young teenage girl and to name the son that she was going to bear as Jesus, that decision, at that moment, Joseph gave up his identity and his reputation for Jesus. Joseph gave up his status. He gave up his possessions. He gave up his convenience. He gave up his freedom for the sake of this person that was going to be named Jesus. And when he made that decision, things were never going to be the same again. He sacrificed his righteous respectability for his son. Now, the righteous people in his community, they had told him, discard her. Tell Mary to take a hike. Discard her. Stone her. Take her out and have nothing to do with her. But Joseph took a different approach. He made a decision to wed Mary. And though his days as a righteous man were now over, little did he know that this child that he was adopting would usher in a new kind of righteousness. A righteousness not by obeying the Torah, the old Testament commandments, the Son, Jesus, was bringing in a new righteousness filled with compassion, filled with grace, kindness, love, forgiveness, gentleness, joy, and peace. All characteristics that are not found in the Torah. Those characteristics are not found in the law of Moses. But this son, Jesus, was now ushering in a new season of righteousness. You see, friends, the news of Christmas and the reason why we are here today celebrating, singing songs of Christmas the news of Christmas happens because this child that we sing about, this child that we honor and respect, this child has brought to the human race a new kind of 
righteousness. And God today wants to still divinely, God God today still wants to divinely disrupt our lives and is still calling people who are willing to die to their reputation, to their status, to their comfort, to extend the love of grace and of mercy to the outcast, the unrespected, the marginalized. God is still calling and looking for people in this day and age to be people who live in a new era of righteousness. Tonight, those of you who are here in this sanctuary and those of you who are watching online, tonight, you came. And through the Holy Spirit, maybe God has begun to redefine in your life what this righteousness may mean to you. And how you can maybe live in a new era of righteousness. And maybe God is calling you today to put your trust in Him. To allow Him to lead your lives. It may cost you something. It may cost you friends. It may cost you your reputation. But He is asking all of us to live in this new era of righteousness. And you need to know, you need to know that God has not abandoned any of us. God is working behind the scenes. Even in this day and age, you may not feel His presence in a way that you think you ought to feel it, but I can tell you that God is working behind the scenes in your life to create new opportunities, to create new growth. And he wants to provide divine interruptions into your life so that he can achieve his purposes in your life and through your life to other people. But we must be willing, like Joseph, we must be willing to relinquish control. We must stop living in the past or we must stop allowing the past to dominate our lives. And we need to begin to think, how can I, as a new redeemed person who has put their faith and their trust in this Savior, this this person named Jesus, how might I live a life of righteousness demonstrated by compassion, by grace, by kindness, a life where I share love and forgiveness And where my life reflects a gentleness and the harshness of living life is removed and I extend joy and peace and gentleness towards others. You see, in all of our lives, just like in Joseph's life, God is working to make us into new people, righteous people, good people, respected, but not in the way that we think we are respected, by following rules and regulations. God has a new righteousness in place, and that righteousness is he wants all of us to exemplify his grace and his love in a world that is filled with darkness. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I pray today that as we celebrate on this Christmas Eve 
the birth of your Son, Heavenly Father, I pray, may you instill within all of us the goodness of what it means to be a righteous person in this day and age. May you fill our hearts, Lord, this day with love and grace and peace and joy and gentleness. May we extend those new characteristics out to all those, our loved ones, our family members, our neighbors, our co-workers, fellow students, wherever you Wherever we might find ourselves, Lord, may we extend the righteousness that you have placed in us through the birth of your Son, Jesus Christ. God, we honor you today and we bless you in the name of your Son. And all God's people said, Amen and Amen.